Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Sports Medicine Update Podcast, a weekly podcast with your truly Jerry Wilds and, of course, the Honorable Dr. Chad Patroman. Doctor, how are you? Having a great day, Jerry. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm out on the, uh, the deck, so to speak, and enjoying the beautiful, beautiful weather here in the greatest city in the world, that, of course, Chicago, Illinois, but always looking forward to having an opportunity to sit down and chat with you regarding the weekly podcast and, of course, the world of sports, Doctor. And Major League Baseball, the Florida Marlins, they had to take a few days off. About 20 players tested positive over the past couple of weeks regarding the coronavirus and COVID-19. But it seems like, Doctor, uh, despite the fact of over the league, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Milwaukee Brewers, and uh, players around the league have tested positive for coronavirus and COVID-19. We haven't really seen any major uh, illnesses or, or you know, uh, people coming down with some severity as far as, you know, uh, the results of testing positive for coronavirus and COVID-19. What is your assessment to all of, the, all of this that's developed over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, I agree with you, Jerry. And I just know what I read in the papers like everybody else. But um, it's interesting. The, the one account I read said the Marlins had 20 people test positive, but only one had symptoms with body aches and cold-like symptoms, and that they had played a three-day series. I don't remember the name of the team. And then nobody on the other team, at least to that point, had tested um, positive. Um, so I think it's, you know, one would have predicted that these young, healthy people, by and large, would not get severely infected. And we talked before about how baseball players, by and large, are pretty lean. You know, I'd mentioned that I think football's a little bit of an outlier because it's the one sport where you get much bigger people. Um, so I think, you know, several things are noteworthy. One, that people didn't seem to get sick. Two, that it spread within the team, but not to um, the other team. And, uh, you know, three, there's, there's an issue with this that hasn't really been talked about, but I talked about a few weeks ago, the whole herd immunity thing. So, you know, herd immunity got talked about. Is it the complete answer to the problem or not? And I mentioned then, and I've written about this, I think herd immunity is kind of an intermediate thing. It's something that, if you will, flattens the curve. So when you think about it, the Marlins now are going to have, once everybody's back, I don't know, I think the rosters are 30, so maybe 20 out of 30 or something like that, people um, that aren't going to get infected. And, and if you're thinking, well, people have said that there are reinfections, I will tell you that there haven't been, the tests may vary a little, but there has not been a documented instance of somebody getting reinfected and then infecting somebody else. So the point is, most people think that these supposed reinfections are um, uh, either tested or testing positive for fragments of the virus that aren't infectious. Um, anyway, so I, you know, I think most people think that once you've had it, you're pretty much immune. Um, at, at least for a significant period of time. So the point is, you know, when you think about it, in the future, if, say, one of the 10 people, one of the people that wasn't infected gets infected, a majority of the people in that dugout are not going to be able to transmit it. And that just exerts a negative effect on the, trans, on the spread of the virus. No, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, again, we've talked about this over the past a few weeks and of course you know the past few months since you know the outbreak in in march and there's you know different speculations and theories uh you know regarding how severe this this could be 
uh, on one end of the spectrum, and you and I have talked about it. Uh, you know, some people say they chalk it up as this, you know, no, nothing more than, you know, the common flu, so to speak. And others are, are saying that, you know, it, it could lead to, you know, unfortunately, you know, the end of life. Uh, and and the, the spectrum is very, very broad. Um, as far as Major League Baseball is concerned, you know, they don't want to be on the wrong end of this thing, and no one does. So now they're saying that players, they have everything in place, but now they're saying that players have to take it another step higher and police themselves away from the ballpark and the facilities by not going out to public venues or engaging with other folks outside of the, the, the baseball family because you only increase the risk of potentially and possibly you know, bringing that, that, that virus into the clubhouse. And you you and I are both on the same page, I believe, that these guys are certainly the most physically fit specimens on the place of the planet when you talk about professional athletes. But the unfortunate or the downside of it is the people that they may engage with away from the ballpark, whether it's a family member or wife or girlfriend, uh, kids, uh, elderly, or, or anything like that who are more vulnerable, that's where the real scare comes in and the real focus comes in um despite what we think how do you handle that when you're away from the ballpark if you're these professional athletes in particular major league baseball players who have the high numbers yeah i think you hit the nail on the head and the thing is um i i think they wind up being like other people that go to work you know i have a medical practice i go in we you know, as I said, we scrub down the rooms, we have plexiglass up, I wear a mask all day. And then when I'm not in the office and when I'm not at home, um, I'm careful. I'm careful if we go grocery shopping. We've done a couple of social things, but we're careful when we do them. So I think it's kind of, and, and we don't have, um, uh, we have one elderly person that we see who's a relative from time to time. You, you're just careful. And, and I don't think it's any different for baseball players than it is for other people and you know as you said if you want complete safety then just shut down and quarantine permanently but i mean they're not going to do that it's kind of my point i mean if if they're not playing baseball i don't think they're staying inside all day and people like them young active fit people are probably the last people that are going to be satisfied staying home and then if they do there's other things that come up there's you know, everybody knows domestic issues and drug issues and all kinds of things. So I think they do what they do in the bubble. When they're away from the bubble, they're just careful. And then I think that's all you can do. I, I don't really see where shutting down the season, I mean, if that were an option, or even withdrawing. I mean, if people want to withdraw players, they should. If you, you can afford not to work and you're uncomfortable working, by all means, you should. So I'm not questioning that right. What I am saying is that for those athletes, I think maybe unlike football players, you know, if they choose not to play baseball, um, I don't know. You know, I think um, then then how do they spend their day staying inside all day watching television? You know, I think that's kind of unlikely. So and I think I haven't really I've watched other sports more than baseball. I don't know how many people, maybe you do in baseball, have chosen not to play. But as you said, if you play 
And if you're really careful at other times, I think it's about, I mean, I think that's reasonable. I think it's about all you can do. And I think it's going to wind up being safe. Yeah, I, I, I hope it does. And, and again, um, you know, it's a very fine line. And you talk about, you know, the symptoms and has it really, it hasn't hit uh, as far as sports, the sports world is concerned compared to mainstream America or society, hasn't had the effects of the, you know, the long-term illnesses. Um, most of the players, pretty much all of them have tested positive. Uh, they quarantine and they seem to be okay. I, I, again, I just think that professional sports across the board don't want it to get to the point where a player uh, who's pretty healthy, take it home and say they're caring for an, you know, an elderly parent. Uh, I know a lot of these athletes, they have uh, newborns or young kids uh, you know, that, that, that they have to look after and they have to be careful about. But I, I certainly understand they don't want, when I say they, uh, the respective sports don't want these players taking this virus home and then we have some really uh, you know, negative experiences regarding personal family members and friends. So uh, I think they're doing a very good job. I think that it's something uh, eventually, regardless if it's a profession or not, we're going to have to live with as a society. And I think we're on the, the right track. Uh, you talked about professional sports as far as National Football League is concerned. Many of the teams reported to camp this past uh, week, the last 10 days or so. Chicago Bears here in town, uh, the northern suburbs of Chicago have reported. Uh, the rookies and now the uh, the veterans are starting to trickle in. And we've seen some footage, Doctor. I don't know if he had an opportunity to see it, but we've seen some footage of the players, you know, going through their walkthroughs at the Walter Payton facilities, uh, and they have their mask on, which is kind of interesting because, um, you know, one would say it's kind of difficult, you know, to perform at a high level wearing these masks. Have you had a chance to see the visuals? And, and, and what do you think about the precautions Major League or National Football League are taking regarding these players? I think um, that I have not seen the video. It's interesting. Um, and, you know, one just minor thing back on baseball again and the young families. Um, you know, it's almost a reflex to say, well, we have to protect the children. And, of course, we do. But as you know, um, and, and I don't know about newborns, um, but children, young children, school-age children, young school-age children um, have just shown almost no propensity to get it. And these athletes tend to be younger. They tend to have young families. So certainly if you've got grandpa at home, I mean, I think that's the time to make some other living arrangement for grandpa if you can afford it, and most of them can. But a young athlete and his young wife and their young child, um, you know, never say never. But I think that whole situation um, isn't so bad. Um, regarding working out with a mask, um, and I've tried it. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you have, but uh, um, I think – you know, lifting weights with a mask, I think, is fine, and I do it. Um, doing something aerobic, um, you know, a little tricky. But, uh, um, you know, and so I, I, I don't know. You know, I think I, I, I think there's no harm in trying and doing walkthroughs and doing virtual things. But, um, you know, I, I don't think you could actually play in a game with a mask, probably. 
Yeah, I, I, I would find it very difficult. And even if you started the game, uh, these players would mask on. Um, I think it'll be very difficult throughout the course of the you know three-hour period that these these guys are going to be, you know, they're going to keep these masks on uh, for their protection. Because as you well know, the energy and, you know, the uh, adrenaline and, and everything that goes into a professional sport at a high level, you know, emotions play a, a major role and a major factor. And I think these players may get away from that, you know, because we've seen it. They have penalties as far as taking off the helmet on the field. And we've seen players, you know, do that and get penalized for it and fined for it and all of that. So it's gonna, it would be very uh, interesting to see what transpires regarding the protocol or, or the things put into place for these players to keep these masks on throughout the, uh, the course of a football game. Uh, Jerry, I'm yeah. sorry. Just, just one other thought just on baseball again. Because, Jerry, I know you're a – I know you're a student of the game, and I know you're a player. I got a question for you. Uh, yeah. You know, I was thinking, if you wanted to take a sport that's a model for social distancing, it's kind of baseball, right? You look at the diamond, and there's all these guys standing 10 feet away from each other. Um, and the one exception to that, you know, outside of somebody sliding into a base, but the one exception to that is in the batter's box. So let me ask you a question, and, and you're more of a student of this than I am. Um, you know, I was thinking to myself, you've got the catcher, you got the batter, and you got the umpire. And the right. umpire's bent over and he's close to the catcher and the player's not far away. So, I, you know, I wonder to myself, I've read here and there about electronic balls and strikes being used. And I've right. read that it works. I, I may have this wrong, but I thought I read about it being used in minor leagues here and there and it wasn't so bad. I mean, I think this, and it's different at first and third base. You know, the umpire's not like right there breathing down the first baseman's neck. But, you know, I wonder about um, if you at least for now, if you just substituted out the home plate umpire for um, a, a mechanized thing, then all you've got is the catcher and the batter. And maybe that's suboptimal, but at least with the umpire out of there, you don't have the umpire breathing the same air with all these guys the whole game. And who knows, maybe you put some kind of a plexiglass thing on the catcher too. But what do you think about that? You think um, getting rid of the home plate umpire and doing electronic would work in the bigs? Um, wow, that's a great question. I, I, I think even before the pandemic, Doc, I think, uh, you know, Major League Baseball was looking at that and you talked about it, you know, sampling it or, you know, testing it out in the minor league levels. And uh, I think that's a different, uh, different subject for a different day. Um, might speed up the day with the pandemic. A baseball purists like myself, and I believe like you, uh, we want to see the umpire there. Because you and I go back to the day, remember in American League, where they had those big uh, inflatable chest protectors, remember? Yeah, they, they, they right. Were, they were, yeah, you know, uh, and, and, you know, when when we evolved from that, you know, some people are like, hey, hey, I don't like the way it looks, others do. Uh, as far as the electronic, you know, baseball monitoring is concerned with the strikes and balls and strikes, uh, yeah, I, I think technology is gearing toward that, and the pandemic might speed it up. Um, but who knows? It, it's got to go through the collective bargaining agreement with the owners and the, and the players' union to determine if that's what they want to use. And, of course, they have to find an alternative uh, to put another umpire out on the field just to make sure that they can, no pun intended, but cover all the bases as far as the calls <laughs> out in the field, right? Uh, yeah. But that's a good that's a good perspective as far as 
uh, you know, accelerating this thing and, and testing it out because of the pandemic. Uh, the one thing about baseball, and it's been brought to my attention as well, uh, along with the other sports, Doc, is, you know, you and I, we, you know, they talk about the spitball, right? They outlawed the spitball. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, and, yeah. and it's a, but you still see pitchers going, they get off the mound, they go to their mouth. Yeah. And then they rub Great the ball point. up, right? Yeah. And then yeah. they get back out there and throw. Now, yeah. in this uh, this era of the of COVID and coronavirus, some people are saying, hey, wait a minute, because guys' hands are sweaty because yeah. they're out there in the field. They're wiping their brow. Yeah. And there's a ground ball to Javi Baez a short. He grounds it, picks it up, and throws it over to Rizzo. There's still some type of perspiration, yeah. you know, some type of moisture on the ball. Yeah. And can yeah. that can that transfer from one to the other? I mean, have you heard of, 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 of that situation? Yeah, it's a great thought. I, you know, I haven't. And, you know, as to the umpire thing, it's kind of interesting tennis, right? So, uh, you know, back in the days of McEnroe, right, he, they had, they had, before they had the – I forget what they called it, but the electronic figuring out Hawkeye, maybe uh, with tennis balls. And so, you know, some people thought it was entertaining to see McEnroe or somebody arguing with the line judge. I, uh, I respected the fact that he was a competitor, but I was not a big fan. Anyway, so they got rid of, you know, they, they have the Hawkeye thing. So there's no more arguments. And um, I mean, they still have the lines for people, I guess. But I think the addition of the electronics has been. A plus. I don't. It's not the same thing with baseball exactly, but uh, you know, might also get rid of a few uh, few arguments. No, it, it it may get. But as you all know, in this beautiful uh, world that we live in, whatever man creates, there's always some type of opposition, regardless yeah. if it's if it's good for life and society or not. You're always going to find someone that's going to question the uh, the technology. And of course, we know with the the Houston Astros and, and winning the World Series, you know, as far as stealing signs and using yeah. cameras and, and, you know, banking on the garbage cans in the dugout, someone's always going to find an advantage regarding technology. And I'm sure if we got rid of home plate umpire in place of the uh, the electronic sports tracker for the strikes, balls and strikes, he's certainly going to have somebody questioning, you know, the equipment and the technology. But so that's, Jerry, the world, that's the world we live yeah. in. I got another question for you. So I'm, you're just so knowledgeable. I, you know, be the interviewer here a little bit. But how about the dugout? So I think players are still in the dugout, right? So I'm thinking to myself, there's no fans, at least I think. Um, so why not put the players, you know, in seats next to a door that comes out of the field, a couple, couple of, couple of seats apart? What do you think? What do you mean? Put, I'm sorry. Put the players in the seats. You know, the, put them in first row seats right behind the dugout instead of in the dugout to increase social distancing. Well, you know, they do have the uh, it's like kind of like a canopy in, yeah. the, in the stands, in the box seat area. And yeah. uh, I believe during the exhibition games or whatever, they had the players, you know, sitting there for some sort of social distancing as well. Yeah. Uh, I think the reason they're, you know, allowed in a dugout or whatever is the fact that, again, once these players every day that they come to the ballpark, you know, they're getting their uh, temperature taken and, you know, they are getting tested. And as long as the test results come back negative, uh, you know, owners and, and management and, and the, the players alike feel that we are safe. We're not contagious. No one has it. And so we are, you know, we can 
get somewhat close in the dugout. Now, of course, they try to eliminate the high five, and they try to eliminate as much uh, uh, contact as possible. If you remember uh, last week, Javi Baez uh, with a walk-off winner over at, I believe, Wrigley Field. It took place in the... Uh, you know, normally the players, they go and they hug each other and they jump up yeah. and down. All You know, well, this was kind of like a, a social distance circle. And Javi yeah. giving, you know, the uh, family yeah, yeah. high fives yeah. just to protect themselves and keep the social distancing. But I like your idea, Doc. Uh, I just think that they, Major League Baseball feel that, you know, we're safe. We're okay. Well, here's the thing, though. So, you know, there is debate even now. The the Some of the contagion is... They were thinking it's less than it was, you know, probably less on surfaces than was thought and how long you contagious, maybe not quite as long as, you know, probably not out to 14 days. But there appears to certainly be a period of time if you, uh, you know, you get you get infected on a Wednesday um, that maybe you don't get symptoms until Sunday, but f- Friday and Saturday you can be contagious. So just because you have negative tests, um, when you first it takes it is thought to take um, two days, 2.2 days. I've seen different um, results, but it's it's the tests almost never turn positive. It is thought from the studies that are out there on the first day. So you're exposed to somebody on a Wednesday and you're ultimately going to get sick. Well, on Thursday, your test is almost certainly going to be positive. It might be positive Friday. So the point is. That just because you have negative tests on a daily basis, um, if somebody does get infected, there there's going to be periods where they could theoretically contaminate somebody else. So I'm just thinking, you got all these empty seats out there. I, I know it's good to be in the dugout because you're sitting next to people and you can talk strategy. But I don't know. I mean, why don't you just take advantage of these seats? And, and I know what you're saying. They think it's safe enough. And maybe it is. It just strikes me that, like I said, baseball just seems to be the prototype for a sport where everything is socially distance, distanced. And like I said, I thought, you know, home plate umpire for one, dugout number two. And I think you could ameliorate both of those two. Well, the, 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 the downside to that one, Doc, is, of course, let's take a look at the, the Florida Marlins. And let's take a look at the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, you know, and that's why we saw it with the New York Yankees. That's why a lot of games were canceled, not because of the, the, the one respective team was clean with no no positive tests, but it's the Florida Marlins and the St. Louis Cardinals with their players and visiting locker rooms, right? Yeah. Those players were in, which caused some sort of contamination. So now that's where, you know, some people are a little leery and skeptical and we have to keep them away because my team and the Cubs, let's give them credit, they have been probably the best team in Major League Baseball, if not the top two teams in baseball, who have come back with negative tests, and their players are doing everything they're asked to do to protect themselves. But if they go to, they have to question the St. Louis series uh, for this week because the St. Louis players tested positive for this. And you know, you're going down to the the clubhouse down in St. Louis. You don't want to run the risk of one of your players you know, getting contaminated or getting the virus and then, you know, spreading throughout your clubhouse. So that's the, that's the other, um, you know, that's the other thing that, that needs to take, that Major League Baseball has taken a look at to protect everybody, not just, you know, a particular team um, in particular cities. 
You know, Jerry, let, let me ask about something else uh, that I've been kind of watching for, and, and I haven't seen, but, you know, I, I don't know what everybody's doing. Um, there is interesting technology, you're probably aware, with ultraviolet light. So right. ultraviolet light kills bugs, and they've even got these little lights where if you shine it on something, it kills, bu- kills viruses, it, although it takes five or ten seconds. But there is technology out there um, to have ultraviolet lights um, above head level that shine horizontally and then coupled with ceiling fans that suck air up that have been shown to be able to a significant degree to sterilize air, you know? And I don't, I mean, it costs a couple of, I should say a couple of bucks. It's, I don't know what it costs. I I think it's, you know, going to be some expense. I don't think it's crazy expense though. Um, And, you know, I'm thinking you just mentioned clubhouses, but you know, it seems to me that might be kind of a useful thing. Um, I have not heard about any teams doing it. Have you? Yeah, yeah. There's actually, and forgive me on this, uh, I believe it's on the collegiate ranks. It could be on the professional ranks, but there's actually a uh, machine that has already been um, created. I think it runs around $5,000, um, and it stands about maybe three to four feet high, Doc, and it's got four or five ultraviolet, you know, the bulbs vertical from the floor up to about yay high, and it's on wheels, and they, they cart it, literally, it's like remote control, a robot, and they, they, they you know, program, they, they, they do the uh, remote control with it, and it goes throughout the clubhouse, um, and supposedly it kills the virus. So there's actually a contraption. I use that term loosely, but there is a um, there is a, an equipment uh, that that actually does that. And I, it's not it's not uh, marketed to the other teams right now. I think it's just in the uh, experimental stages uh, right now. But you're absolutely right. There uh, there is uh, you know some technology out there to to, to help with. So this it's interesting. Yeah. The, the issue with that is that. Um, you know, so UV light, so if you did it when, you know, at night when nobody was there, it'd be great. I don't know that we necessarily want it to be operating when people are in the clubhouse no. and irradiating people with UV light. Um, the thing that I was talking about, and I don't know what it would cost, but I don't think it'd be a ton of money. The ceiling fans, I don't think are expensive. I don't know how tall the ceilings are in clubhouses. I mean, if it's eight feet, it might be a problem, but I think they're taller than that in general. Um, but then you mount these lights. Um, and, you know, this, this kind of thing might be of interest to the general audience out there as well, because I've read about this in factories and other places where they're using this technology. Um, so you have the lights up high and you keep them on continuously, even when people are there. So if somebody is spewing out virus particles, it kind of sterilizes the air, even while people um you know are there yeah yeah that, that with that, without irradiating people with uv yeah. light no that, that that that's that's really really interesting um i think down in the uh the nba hub in orlando um i heard a report on espn where uh the players i guess they have some, like a wristband of some sort correct and it, it's an indicator to uh signal off if someone you know, is carrying the virus. Um, and I don't know exactly how it works. I think it's color coordinated as well. 
And if you're getting too close to someone, it'll 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 start to um, alert. And say, hey, yeah. you're getting too close. Um, and I don't know the, the all the you know the details surrounding us, but I think they're testing this out down in the uh, the NBA bubble in Orlando. And who knows? It may see itself if this thing continues and we don't get a grasp on it. We may see it uh, throughout all the sports, not only on the professional ranks, but on the collegiate ranks as well. Doc, it is a great podcast, and there's so much more that we uh, can dive into, and we certainly will dive into. Uh, and we want everyone to be uh, tuned in to the Sports Medicine Update podcast. And check it out YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Just Google the, re- the Sports Medicine Update Dr. Chad Pedromas, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they find you? So our main office number is 847-699-6810. You get actual human beings answering the phone, not a a voicemail or a phone bank. Um, And then our our, uh, email um, to our general email mailbox is just ortho, like orthopedics, O-R-T-H-O, at I-S-M-O-C. And we'll answer everything that comes to us. We certainly will. And if anyone has a question they want to ask the good doctor, just send your replies, your comments to that email address. And we'll certainly address it on the weekly podcast. Doc, thank you so very much. Always a pleasure. And always looking forward to the insight and the knowledge that you bring to our audience. Keep up the great work. want you to stay safe. Are you down there in Florida? Yeah, we're we're down in uh, Naples. We have a satellite office. uh, down in Naples and uh, you know, be careful but uh, uh, yeah yep, we are so uh, it's uh, not not a real hot spot parts of Florida are this part uh, not so much well there's so much that we can certainly talk about even away from the world of sports but we'll keep it locked in Doc stay safe have a great weekend we'll see you next week on the sports you, medicine update you too Jerry thanks <laughs>